Saint Anselm was, was famous for the phrase that God is that which nothing greater can be conceived or nothing greater can be thought of. And so he was one of those philosophers that really had kind of worked out ideas of the proof for the existence of God. And although it gets a little bit more complex than that, that's still an amazing one-liner. You know, God is, is great, you know, is that which no greater can be thought of. Like, so the greatest thing that we could think of, you know, God is at the top of that hierarchy, so nothing greater can be thought of than that idea of God. That's sort of what he was getting at. And so it's kind of an amazing, amazing thought of like, oh, well, who is God? And then just, you know, for a random fun fact, um, my, my first summer assignment in Italy was in the smaller town of Aosta, which is in like the northwestern part of Italy, like in the Cuff, kind of not that far from uh, France, like not, not far from Mont Blanc. And that's where St. Anselm was actually born. He was born in Aosta. So I remember when I was there, you know, of course, there's a church in his name and, and, and everything like that. And then also even in, um, in Rome, San Anselmo is where the Benedictines run. And that's their, their house of education and school and different things like that. So that's where um, Abbot Jeremy actually used to teach half the time of the year. So Abbot Jeremy from Mount Angel would teach at, hand, at San Anselmo half of the year, and then he would be back here in, uh, at Mount Angel in Oregon half of the year. And so St. Anselm was a great, you know, a great figure. And one of the things that was also very important with him is he had a very strong devotion to the Blessed Mother. And then he also was the first one to really proclaim the doctrine of the Immaculate Conception in, in the West. So he's a really important, you know, bishop and doctor of the church, an important figure in the church. And um, one of the things that that it had reminded me of is not that long ago, I had told you all about that experience that I had going to Lourdes and, and you know, literally smelling the roses, right? And so uh, getting, you know, getting that opportunity to, to feel our Blessed Mother's presence by, by that strong, unbelievable scent of roses in the middle of winter when, when nothing was in bloom or, or anything like that. And it speaks very much to what we hear about in the Acts of the Apostles. When we read about it, it just doesn't seem to have the same impact that it would for the people who experienced, right? They said, you know, when they're seeing Philip preach, he's performing these miracles. These miracles were acts that made people believe after they saw them. They were like, this is, I, you know, they, they were absolutely dumbfounded by the fact that people were being healed. The demons were being driven out of people. And that was so overwhelming to them that, that many of them converted right then and there just upon what they were able to witness in those miracles. It's truly, it's truly an amazing thing. And, you know, one of the things, there's a, um, there's a show on Netflix that, ah, oh, what is it called? I think it's called Down to Earth, if I remember. And uh, the Hollywood actor, Zac Efron, is one of the hosts of this. But amazingly, and something that was produced so recently, I was shocked to hear about, I think, believe it's the second episode. It's about all kinds of environmental things, but this happens to be just about water. And so they go to all different places of water sources in, in the world and, and kind of just examine water itself. And the very first place they start, though, amazingly, for something that was produced in 2020, is in Lourdes. When they start talking about water, they start talking about it at the spring in Lourdes. 
and they meet with one of the doctors. And it sort of starts there, and then, it, and then there's a big gap, and then it, it circles back around to the end, and they re-chronicle that part of Lourdes. And the doctor tells them one of the miracles in Lourdes, one of the approved miracles in Lourdes. And he pulls out a, a folder this thick of medical records. And it was basically a, a, of a man who, who, his entire, he had cancer of the bone of some sort. And his entire hip joint was completely gone o- over the course of this cancer. And you have all of the x-rays and the medical records that show this, that in fact, upon examination at one point, all that was left was just muscle and skin tissue. There was no bone structure at all. So you can see that upon physical examination and also in the MRIs and the x-rays and everything like that. And they say, when he bathed in the waters at Lourdes, he immediately felt something in his hip. He, He felt this shoring up, this strength. He was able to stand up and upon x-rays, MRIs, his hip joint was completely regenerated. And that's, in fact, one of the, one of the, the reasons or one of the uh, criteria for miracles is that it has to be I- immediate. So, you know, something that happens right then and there. I and mean, that is absolutely unbelievable that we have this stack of medical records that, that out of nowhere. But, but again, it goes all back to what we hear again that Jesus is the bread of life. The Almighty God, the one who can create matter itself, should it be any surprise to us that the one who can give us his body and blood in the Eucharist is the one who can recreate something that's been destroyed by just a natural evil of the world. What we would call a natural evil is like sickness or or things out of our control like that. It's, It's an amazing thing and and just an aside, though, too, um, you know, uh, a number of people had asked me about the, um, what I had read the other day, which, which, again, just to reiterate, especially for those at home as well, who could just Google this right now if they'd like, um, that was from the first Apology of St. Justin Martyr, which is a really pretty big work in its entirety if you ever look at it. But for those of you that are looking, looking for it, um, you know, if you need to look it up, so you, you can look up the first apology of St. Justin Martyr, but like I said, that portion that I read came from chapters 65 and 66 of his work. So that tells you how much more St. Justin Martyr actually wrote about and talked about the church. It, it goes even into more depth of our actual practice and worship of the church. But again, ju- just a reminder of the greatness of who we receive that we get to witness a daily miracle. For those who receive our Lord in the Eucharist daily, you know, we get that, that miracle daily. But it's, like I said, sometimes it's like reading it here. It can lose its impact on us and how important it is. So we just have to constantly remind ourselves by stories like this how important it is, how miraculous it really is. You know, these are the things that feed us and align us to eternity. And like, that's, that's what the Lord promises us. For those that are in him, those that receive him, that live in his way, will inherit eternity. And that's, that's what we all want. That's what we truly want from our life. So we have to remind ourselves of what we receive in almost in a constant way. God bless you all.